everybody. Welcome back. I'm Stacey Bellward, the host of the Connected Families podcast. Welcome to our community. We are people committed to pursuing God's grace and truth for ourselves and then daily working to pass that grace and truth on to our children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Today is going to be such a treat. We get to hear from two moms from our community about their own journey parenting. I think you're going to hear elements of your story as you listen in. And I'm sure you're asking, why am I having them on our podcast today to tell their story? Well, the reason is this, because wherever we are in our journey, God is with us. He's our help. He's leading us and he's guiding us to first become more like Jesus ourselves as we receive God's grace and truth. And then he wants to help us in our stuck places, especially in our parenting, to ultimately transform our families. Well, we hear testimonies all the time of this transformation, and I wanted you to hear some of those stories. So I started off with the question to my guests, when did things begin to change for you? It's going to be good. Listen in to this encouraging conversation. Well, welcome to the Connected Families podcast, Katrina Barros. Thank you so much. We're, we're so happy that you're here with us, that you're part of our community. And I just want to start off this interview asking you to fill in the blank. Things began to change when dot, dot, dot. So fill in the blank for us. Things began to change when really when we started, when we dove into coaching with Chad and when we began to do that work on us, we yeah. dove so why am I reacting this way? Why am I, you know, feeling this when they choose this choice and, and really doing that hard work of self-reflection? Mm-hmm. That's when we start to, we started to see a shift and we started to see growth in ourselves and also shifting our gaze on how we looked at our kids. And things began to really shift when that happens. And I know that we have a phrase that you also like, and and that is, my child is not my report card. Yes. And it sounds like that was a real shift in your heart. So can you talk to us about what was going on before you came to Connected Families? That Maybe your child was your report card. Yeah, I definitely, I felt like how my child behaved reflected completely on me. And um, the Lord started to do some work in me probably four or five years ago in uh, unearthing some of that. And it was kind of hard to think about. And I knew I didn't want that. But I, I don't think I realized how do I shift that? So it was eye opening when we came into Connected Families, and it gave us a way to start to process that. Process that because you have four boys in your family from 12 years old all the way down to five. That's a rambunctious crew, isn't it? Yes, we are busy and loud and exciting, and we bring all the energy. Yeah, my oldest just turned 13 a week and a half ago, and So now I have a teenager and a five-year-old and in-betweens, and I have learned so much about sports and, you know, we're just rolling with it. Yeah, I love it. You said that you were a mom who 
felt like you knew what you wanted, but you didn't know how to get there. So I just want to like dig in a little bit more about you were starting to do that work of what's going on inside of me. You were starting to pull that apart. But it sounds to me like before you came to Connected Families, you felt stuck. So tell us about that place. I mean, I, I struggled with a little bit because I was like, we're intentional parents. We try. We've gone to multiple parenting classes. We read, I read a ton of books. I have a degree in early childhood and elementary education. Like I should know how to kind of do some of this stuff. Like, why is it so hard? And yet at best, I think we felt like we were kind of treading water. We're doing okay, but we're not great. And I'd like to be better than just okay. And I honestly feel like connected families gave us a framework and Jesus within it. And that I feel like was the game changer for us. Having a structure to put all these good parenting, because honestly, almost all the great parenting ideas that I've gotten from this book and that book and this, you can slide it into the framework somewhere. But Mm -hmm. walking through a framework in my head is very different than what's that one parenting thing I read in a book that was such a good idea. And I can't pull it out on a Tuesday morning when breakfast goes chaotic. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I think so many people can relate to that. Yeah. We have so much knowledge in our head. When it comes down to the daily grind, the, the finding it and using it, that's a different story. I know you found connected families through a friend. What happened? Did they, were were you talking? Did they send you an email, refer you to the online course? What happened? We were pandemic pod people. You know, she has four kids. She has three boys and a girl and we're very similar ages. And so we were like, we can survive this together. And so she mentioned it one day and she's like, my husband and I are going to do this. It's an online course. And so my husband and I were like, we can do this. Like we're both home all the time. We can do this. So we started in on the course that my husband now is like, you gave me a lot of credit for that. And I was like, well, I felt very validated and thankful that you joined me in this. And so that 2020, fall of 2020 was our, our first starting dipping our toes into that. And then over the next two years, I I bought the questions course, I bought the sibling course, and I did pieces of it. But you know, I needed some more accountability for that. And Mm -hmm. so really jumping into coaching in the beginning of 2023 was what solidified a lot of that head knowledge and good strategies and good, a good framework and really gave us a way to put it into practice in our everyday life Mm -hmm. and start to do that real internal work of what's going on in me to to then shift toward how how I'm interacting with my kids. Yeah, right. And we're going to get to story that I want to ask you about bedtime with one of your kids that really shows like how much things really changed inside of you. But before we get to that, I want to ask you just a question because you talked about the difference between behavior modification and character development with us before we did this recording. And that's the difference in that. You said when you began to feel less emotionally tied to your kids' behavior, that's when you were able to really get safe with your kids. Talk about the change that happened in you in your thinking around that. Yeah, I had in my head that if your kids behave well, you're a good parent. And I don't know that I would have said that per se, but that was the behind the scenes thought. And So shifting from my kids define my parenting to a structure of 
actually my my job is to to offer them wisdom and to do my best to build that in them, but I don't control them. And so moving from a controlling, you know, structure of parenting to a I'm going to offer you choices. I really hope you choose that good choice because that's actually best for you. I mean, I seriously sat in my chair over here and had a conversation with my one of my middle boys this morning of do you know why mama asks you if you've eaten your if you've eaten breakfast? It's not because I want to have a list of rules. It's because I want your body to work well. Mm-hmm. And previously, I would have just been really ticked that it was 11 a.m. and he hadn't eaten breakfast, you know? And it was like hear my heart. So my heart has shifted from I want a behavior to I want you to grow as a as a human and as person created in Jesus image. Like that's my goal. Amen. for you now. I love that because that's a really big shift that many of us have made, right? We're parenting for the long term. We want to raise children who love Jesus and are, you know, they're called and capable. So children who can be a blessing in the world. I love that. Okay. Well, why don't we end with this story, right? Bedtime. But everyone, like maybe that you've grown, or I don't know how you feel about bedtime, everybody, but everyone has stories because it just feels like everything comes out at bedtime. And you have a story uh, around bedtime with one of your boys. I I'm interested to know what the age is of this particular child. I think everyone will be, but would you tell that story? Yeah. So he is nine a tiny bit of background, like he's done a lot of growing in the last, I don't know, six, seven months. And honestly, a lot of it has been because of coaching and we made some shifts and how we handled when he was really frustrated. And it's been beautiful to watch But this was a day when he was just really frustrated at what had happened. I, I can't even remember. I think I, oh, I, it was had to do with bedtime being on time and his, he was not thrilled about that. And I think his brothers were finishing a football game or something. He was not happy. And I'm walking him up the stairs and he's, he's just so annoyed. And he, I get him in, I get him up on his bed and, and I'm, I'm getting ready to, to snuggle him. And he says, mommy, look at the door. And I'm, my husband and I've kind of made this deal. He kind of does bedtime. I kind of do mornings and it works great. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I can do this. Right. Okay. <laughs> but bedtime though, like I'm happy to, you know, I glance at it and he's like, I'm like, I'm happy to look at it tomorrow. We can talk about it. He said, no, I want you to look at it. And I said, why? And and he he says, I punched a hole in the door earlier and I covered it. And he'd put a, like his brother's little poster over the door where he punched the door. And <laughs> I just took a deep breath and I playing in my head, like, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. Don't react. Oh, bud, it's a hard thing. And we'll talk about that. But, but I love you and I pray for you. And he didn't give me much response. And he just kind of, he just kind of looked at me and I tell him what I tell him every night. I love you. I love you. You know, there's nothing you could do to make me love you more. There's nothing you could do to make me love you less. Who loves you even better than that? Jesus. That carried some different weight that night. I'm guessing, Katrina, that a few months before, maybe a few years before, you would have reacted to that really different, especially as a really tired mama after a long day and it had not been easy and you're not supposed to even be in bedtime duty. And so you were there. So how did that story show just the big shift that had happened in your heart? What's your takeaway from that? 
Oh, well, I, I would have focused only on the door. It would have only been about the door. It would have only been about the behavior. It would have only been this thing you did. And that was a poor choice. And that's what he would have gone to sleep thinking about how horrible the choice was. And it's not that we haven't had conversation about that choice and talked about what will need to happen with that. But my hope is, is that he went to sleep knowing he was loved and knowing that he is cared for when he does awesome and when he makes really hard choices. Mm. And I don't always get it 100% right. I really don't. But those moments when I choose to take that breath or to calm down and, and, and truly it's the Holy Spirit that, that helps me do it. I look back and, and I never regret it ever, 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 never do I regret choosing, choosing to love even in the heart. I've never regretted it either. And it doesn't mean we don't have the hard conversation later. And we walk through the conversation of you're responsible for your actions and how can you make right what you made wrong. And that's still very much a part of the framework, but really settling in to those first layers that are saying, you are safe with me. You are loved no matter what. And then moving up into you are called and capable and you are responsible. So I appreciate that story so much. Katrina, thank you so much for being a part of our community. Man, our community is just so sweet. And you're you're one of those people. Oh, thank you. I've been so blessed, so incredibly blessed by connected families. So our our thanks to you and to what you guys do. And we're thrilled to be a part of it. All right. Well, we're going to throw it to a break right now. And when we come back, I have another story for you. Hey, friends. You know, I just want to tell you today that your donations are bringing Christ-centered transformation to families across the globe. Families are growing in peace and purpose. They're growing in connection to God, to each other, and to God's purposes for their families. Many parents have been telling us about how Connected Families has played a key role in their story. Their story of when things began to change in their home. You can tap through the show notes to see pictures and stories that families have sent in. It's fun. Well, I love all the stories because it shows that God is at work to bring growth. And there's so much hope for when we feel stuck. I also love the stories because Connected Families gets to be a part of the story. I want to ask you a question. Will you consider a gift to Connected Families before the year is over? Donations make the work that we do possible. And your gift will be a huge blessing to families, the families who have yet to be equipped with a biblical framework for parenting. There are many ways to donate, and when you do, we will say thank you by sending you our fun new sticker sheet. It has phrases like slow, low, and listen. Well, thank you for considering a year-end gift today. Well, here we are after the break, and I have another mom with me. Kate, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm glad to be here. So glad to be here. Uh, we're so glad to have you here too. So I just want to start off right away with asking you to fill in the blank. Things began to change when dot, dot, dot. How would you fill that in? Yeah, I I think things really began to change for us when I became curious about what was going on in me during those hardest moments 
of misbehavior, when we were feeling stuck in perpetual shame and I could have all the right tools and strategies that were love over fear, but my child's identity was being formed by what my heart was full of, which was child, you are difficult right now. Child, you are frustrating me. And when I exchanged those thoughts with God's graceful thoughts of child, you are God's handiwork created in Christ for good works. Then that's when grace became the antidote to shame. It became, it began to draw out the poison in our family. And my child felt felt loved and safe. And because of that, his heart was open to Jesus. And we were able to build those skills and grow wisdom in him over time. Well, Kate, we could just end the testimony right now. We could end the story. Like you just like, wow, like that's so amazing and powerful. And it came right off your tongue. But I happen to know there's Mm -hmm. a lot of work behind what you just said. So back us up a little bit. And you said that when you started to really dig in and ask yourself what's going on inside of you, you realized you had some toxic beliefs. You, You named the ones about your child. I'm sure there was some about yourself. Tell us how you did that. When these thoughts, when we were in those hard, most challenging moments of parenting and these thoughts rose up, I renewed my mind with God's word and what God's and received God's grace in that moment for me and for my child. And so that out of that overflow of grace, I was able to respond to my child's needs. So when you went to the word and you found God's grace, like what did the message then change about your son? Did you have a different thought in your head? Yes. I mean, I, instead of seeing him as a child that was being difficult and that I was beginning to resent because I, you know, one of the things I wanted to do fun things as a family, but I would get really anxious about going out because I would know that there would be some challenges. And if our schedule were to change, if our plans derailed in any way, it could become very difficult for him. And I was beginning to resent that. But when I saw him as God saw him as an image bearer that deserved love and respect. And when I started to speak truth over who he was in those moments in my heart, I began to see him as God saw him. And then my words began to change and my, my, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth spoke and my child was able to feel safe and love no matter what in those moments. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful picture of the change in our hearts as parents, oh, that can pour out on our kids. It's what I say in the podcast, like at the top every single time, right? We receive God's grace and truth so that we can pass it on to our kids. And you just perfectly like described Mm -hmm. that process. Yeah. Well, take us back a little bit more like to the before picture. And I know you used words like I was authoritarian, I cared about behavior. And I and and so tell us a little bit more about what was going on in your story at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There was a specific moment in my parenting where my son was about 21 months old at the time I was expecting my daughter. And I remember standing in his doorframe of his bedroom and he was having a meltdown. I was thinking I have to win this battle. And that had kind of been what was happening over the course of that week. And I was feeling a disconnect and I just felt the Holy spirit nudge my heart in that moment. And it was almost as if he was saying, are you ready to do it my way? (laughs) 
And I didn't know any other way. This is all that had been modeled to me. And so I knew that I had to start going down that path, that journey of changing trajectory and for my family. And then we began peeling those layers of our parenting and building this foundation of love over fear. We still realized we were missing a framework. And then soon after we discovered connected families, our family went through some big changes and one of our kiddos, he was having some challenges with transitions and struggles. If you came to my house at 5 p.m., all the sensory and all the big feelings, they were colliding together and we were just feeling stuck. And so we had our first coaching session with our coaches, Corey, Al- Corey and Alan that that bird had to give them, give them a shout out. They're and, wonderful. They're on our yes, team. Yes. And they didn't immediately offer these quick fix solutions that I was looking for. Um, But instead they began, they actually used curious questions to help me discover what was going on in me in those moments. And my child's identity was actually in what my heart was full of in that moment. And when I was able to exchange those toxic thoughts with God's graceful truths about myself and my child, that's when we were able to see true lasting change for our family. And you were able to really identify how some of those old patterns and ways of thinking and ways you said, this is all that was modeled to me. Sometimes those ways were so shame inducing and then walk in a different way and really look and see how grace can be applied Mm -hmm. to situations and still hold our kids responsible for their actions. We often say kind and firm. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, yeah, that's what I love the the framework for, because it guides us from the bottom to the top, yes. <laughs> from you are safe to you are responsible and the two stops in between. I love that. Yes. So it was a journey, but I wonder if you could give us an example, kind of a before and an after mm-hmm. with your son. You talked about it earlier before our interviews that before it was send him to his room. Mm-hmm. And you started to realize what some of the effects were of that. Did you just share using that example as the before and then the after of having done this work and being familiar with the framework? Yes, definitely. So when we started in our journey of changing trajectory for our family and wanted to respond to our kids in a way that they felt a love over fear, heart transformative experience from us. We still didn't have all the tools. We still weren't really quite sure what we were doing. I was a parent with young children. I was kind of alone in our journey. And so from in the beginning, we were, I would say gentle, but we were still not we were still looking at those meltdowns as a misbehavior and kind of setting this boundary of when you're calm, you can come to us or you can come out of your room. But what we were starting to see was that it was causing a flight response in our son. And when he was upset, instead of running to us, he was running to his room. And that's when we knew that this isn't how we wanted to do things, but we didn't know what to do at that point. That's I feel like that's a really powerful realization. Like it's almost like he understood I can't be with you unless I'm, I'm okay. Yes. Like if I have big feelings and those are not okay, I better go and hide them and be alone in my room by myself with them. Yes. And teaching him to suppress, essentially to suppress his feelings instead of being a safe place 
for him to not only express his feelings, but grow in wisdom over time and how to manage those big emotions. Right. Yeah. That's really good. So how did you change in your approach to that? We began to understand soon after that, we started kind of, again, searching what is, what do we do in this situation? And we started to learn, understand co-regulation and we began to be that safe place for him. But there was still that missing part of the framework where that we didn't know yet, because we had yet to discover connected families where we were learning to manage ourselves. We knew to manage us and not him, but we still weren't reflecting at what is going on in us when he was having a hard time so that we can, you know, heal the shame of generations. And so you mentioned that, in, you know, instead of maybe sending him away and having that language of come when you're calm, mm-hmm. you started to use a tool that we teach here at Connected Families, slow, yeah. low and listen. So maybe when he was getting upset or having big emotions, mm-hmm. you now had a tool, a pathway, you, you knew how you wanted to show up in that situation. Yeah. Share a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, the slow, low listen really came in when we got to know connected families and we were on our coaching sessions and we began to get curious about what was going on in us and that, that we can look big and fast and loud to our kids. Even though we might feel like we're using all the right tools and strategies and we're being respectful and kind and calm, we didn't see what the child saw in that moment that we were, you know, we, we looked bigger and louder and that frontal lobe was going offline. And so we were kind of stuck in this perpetual shame. But when we began to get low and get slow and listen, our child was able to feel heard and to feel safe. And then we were able to work together and we were able to come along our child as an ally and build wisdom using curiosity and other skills that we've learned through connected families to build that wisdom over time. I love that because that's one of the things that we change. We're shifting from needing this, who knows what is perfect behavior to growing wisdom over time. And that's our primary course. Then we go on to grow wisdom that comes out in behavior because we want our kids to be a blessing in the world. Yeah. Right. It just seems like the Lord has done so much work inside of you and that your family really has seen so much change. But let me ask you this question. Is every day perfect for you? No, not at all. <laughs> there are days when we blow it. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. still looks messy sometimes, doesn't it? It does. It very much does. Yeah. And then we can apply all that we learned with all that, what's going on in me. We can apologize. We can go to the Lord. We can get his perspective. We can receive his grace and truth so that we can pass it on again. Yes. Yes. And I think what's really helped so much in this season of our life, looking back and what's helped us stay persistent is having a village because we started out so alone on this journey. I maybe had one friend I could call up that was on a similar trajectory as we were. And in a previous season, we were going through a kind of a pivotal season of our life where it was, God was solidifying things in our hearts. And it was also a painful time in our life because we were coming up against opposition with how we were choosing to parent. And we had to decide in that moment, do we succumb to that 
Or do we see kind of what's on the other side of it and trust God on this journey? And we chose to kind of risk it all for our family. And a year later, looking back to see where God's brought us. And, you know, not only do we have a a church family where our kids are safe and they thrive, we have a foster village for our foster son, and we also have the connected families community. And that's where I receive so much love and grace The the staff and the coaches, they truly live out the framework of connected families. And so I've received just that grace alone. I've grown deeper in my faith in this past year and I can come with my discouragements and, and I can say I blew it and I'm not, I know that I'm going to be received with so much grace and truth that heals that shame as a parent. So good. Well, Kate, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for sharing your story. I know that it was an encouragement to so many people. Yes. I'm, I'm so thankful that I get to be here and to be part of this. I just feel like even just talking about that one year ago and how we just started and connected families was just becoming a part of our journey. We knew we wanted to be part of connected families in some way. Mm. And so to come back to fast forward a year and to be here with you sharing our story, I hope it encourages other families who maybe are in similar places to where we were. And, you know, maybe you're, maybe they're discouraged too. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they can find fresh perspective and have renewed hope as they seek out God's plan for their family. Yeah. Well, thanks, Kate. We're so glad that you're part of our community and thanks for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Stacey. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. We are a listener-supported organization. Over 50,000 parents like you listen to the podcast every month. Individual donations, especially now at the end of the year, make the work to equip and encourage families possible. For more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.